some legislative music for your ears. It's Main Education Matters podcast that looks at things, legislation, bills, statutes, policies coming out of the Main Department of Education, but most importantly these days, the Education and Cultural Affairs Committee in the Main Legislature. How you doing? I'm Matt Jurekkard. I am your intrepid and stalwart host through these times, and today we are going to kind of just deviate from the from the basic norm a little bit because I wanted to just really hone in on the public hearing that happened on February 9th, 2023. There were several bills that were put forward that particular day. Six, as a matter of fact, it was a heavy load for the Education Public, public uh, Education and Cultural Affairs Committee. Uh, heavy load, indeed. And with that came some very interesting conversations and testimony about some bills that have some pretty significant implications for Maine teachers, Maine SAUs, and Maine education in general. So let's get into it. The first thing that I want to make mention of is the difference in the testimony of most of the bills that I'm going to talk about today. The difference in testimony between individuals chiming in and bringing in their opinions on it. And it could be individuals from individual places. They're experienced teachers. They have, you know, loads of experience. They just have a, they have a, some skin of the game, whatever it is, versus some of the um, education organizations in the state of Maine. And by or, education organizations, I mean places like the DOE, the Maine Principals Association, Maine Superintendents Association, School Board Association, Maine Curriculum Leaders Association, Maine Education Association. So those educational organizations that represent the educational systems as a whole versus some more pointed or specific people and or interests. And there were very clear, definitive like lines that were drawn um, amongst those through most of these areas of testimony. So... The first, I'm not going to go over things like an act to ensure high quality education for students with disabilities by clarifying the definition of state state agency client. By the way, this was a fascinating conversation about adult education and the, and the connection between adult education and special education. Um, and I'm not, I, I'm not going to dive in deep to it, but it is it's LD79. It is a fascinating look at the implication that a role might have or that a, that a law, the intention of the law versus the letter of the law and how the law is written, and then the little, those little impacts that it can have. Um, the, 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 I guess, like we've said, you always heard before, that butterfly flapping its wings in Maine and feeling an impact everywhere else in the world. Uh, that's not how it goes, but that's how I'm going for it today. So, but the ones I really want to talk about today are four bills. LD33, an act to expand access to CTE opportunities for middle school students. Uh, LD156, an act to require outdoor recess time for students in grades 6 to 8. Act, uh, LD253, an act to add health and physical education requirements to high school diploma standards. And LD257, an act to provide for a later starter time for high schools. So let's start with LD33, an act to expand access to career and technical education opportunities for middle school students. And the title says it all. The title says everything it wants to do. Expand opportunities for CTE education at middle school. Right now, it's mostly it's all for high school. 
And what's very interesting about this particular bill is most people were, from what I'm, from what I'm reading, what I'm seeing, have more of a love the idea here. This needs some work. Great idea. Keep thinking on it. But this isn't the final product. So it was a lot of a, some great idea. Mostly what it came down to is the funding and where the money's going to come from and where the money goes to support this product. Does it go to the CTE Center as it's written in the bill or should it go to the SAU? The SAUs, where the middle schools are. Where does the money go and get filtered? And that's going to be some real work that they're going to have. But it was very interesting to see um, just some, some folks come out and be like, yep, let's do this. Let's get it done. Let's just 100%. I'm either a legislator or I am from I'm – I'm an individual person here who does this kind of work. I would love to see it. And then there's the, the ed orgs. Um, well, for example, like um, from the Manufacturers Association of Maine, they're, they're testifying in support of it. And they go through all the importance of CTE education and uh, the importance of manufacturing and what Maine can bring to that, which is all legitimate and real and fantastic. And then you have folks like at the DOE who will come in and said, uh, they're proposed upon, we'll, we'll go to only CTE centers. So there needs some changes. So it comes down to that whole level of, yeah, we support it. And that's kind of one of the things that I've been seeing is that one group will be either, yay, 100% for this. Why haven't we done this already? And then another one, the, the ed orgs are kind of like, well, let's just slow down for a second. Uh, so that'll be fun to hear at the work session, which has not been scheduled for any of these bills as of this recording. LD-156, an act to require outdoor recess time for students from grades 6 to 8. This one right here currently holds the current record for um, most amount of testimony. The amount of testimony that was provided for this bill was enormous. And what was really cool about it was that the vast majority of the testimony submitted was from students. So kudos to the educators and the um, people who pushed all this out and together and, and got this really going because uh, it's fantastic to see that amount, that, that amount of people coming out to... Um, provide testimony. 59, according to my count, 59 pieces of testimony were provided for this particular bill. That's a lot. Um, and a huge portion of those were kids from Portland who, uh, who want um, who are saying, yeah, give us, give us recess time. We need it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like, hey, you know what? It's the science says this, the science says that we should be doing that. And there's this whole swell of yay, do this. And then here come the ed orgs. 
So the DOE comes out and says, quote, we know that recess provides many benefits to students. There are general benefits of physical activity, such as reduction in anxiety and stress. Additionally, unstructured playtime allows students to solve problems, recover from disappointments, make their own decisions about how they will entertain themselves. Uh-huh. It sure does. It also says that, um, as indicated in Title 20-A, 20 subsection 2-2, the control and management of public schools shall be vested in the legislative and governing bodies of local school administrative units as long as those units are in compliance with appropriate state statutes. This policy of local control provides communities with a stronger voice in critical decisions in how education is to be provided. It also means that the main Department of Education has limited or no authority to intervene in many situations. So the school day in Maine's public schools is already filled with what the state mandates that they accomplish within the existing school day. And whenever a new mandate is enacted, there is always a trade-off and a school must choose to remove something else to make room for it. Another option is for schools to extend the school day, which is a complicated endeavor. Maine DOE does not come right out and say they're neither for nor against, but they do say uh, local control which is basically where the main curriculum leaders association comes down on it. They're like, hey, yeah, we hope that districts do give a whole bunch of physical education or, or not physical, but uh, outdoor recess time to middle schoolers. The evidence is all for it. But local control. Same thing with the main school management decisions. They're in opposition. Why? Not because they're opposed to having recess and to mandating recess, but because local control. So that's what, what we're seeing here is that there's a whole groundswell of like, yes, yeah, 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 do this, do this. And the ed orgs kind of come in and say, hold on, hold on. If we do this, are we going to be in compliance with state law? And this was a day, like I said, that was full of that exact split in terms of the way the testimony was provided. LD 253, an act to add health and physical education requirements to high school diploma standards. There was one person in this testimony, provided testimony for this, who said, why haven't, basically, why haven't we done this already? Why hasn't this been a thing for, why has this been? Absolutely, we should be making physical education requirements. Physical education is part of the high school diploma standards and part of the instruction. It should be it, it should be it there. Absolutely, and there was a tremendous amount of support for that, and people writing in with the science and the evidence behind it, just like before for outdoor recess, just like before for CTE. Here is why I need to do this. Here is why we need to do this. <clears throat> uh, the Maine Department of Education. Uh, the, the, the state diploma requirements already reflect the, I added the already, the minimum required by the state in order for a school SAU to award a high school diploma. All SAUs have the ability through local policy to add requirements to these minimums. There are two existing statutes that require the teaching of health and physical education. Uh, subsection 6209, the system of learning results, and subsection 4723, the age in health and physical education statute, which outlines requirements for health and physical education at the secondary level. The, the issue here is the amount of instruction time. 
While the amount of instruction time or equivalent in standards achievement is not noted, most SAUs already have well-established health physical education programs, which then goes back to places like the Main Curriculum Leaders Association testimony, which says, yeah, we pulled our, uh, pulled our people and every place has this. Usually it's about a year and a half, a year of physical education, a half a year of health or something similar to that. Most places already do this. Same thing with the Main School Management Association, Main Education Association, Main Principals Association. So, whereas individuals are all like, yeah, go, we need this. The ed org's like, but we already do. And by putting the number two on this, maybe we're having a bigger impact than we think. Some of the organizations are saying, well, why don't we just change it back to one and a half? Just change a two to one and a half, which already reflects the current reality of how schools are happening. You want, to, you want to put a year into it? Fine. I, I personally think that the, the year should be taken out of it, and it should be based on standards achievement, because you can take you know, a, a, a full-on year of physical education, get a D, and I guess the D stands for diploma, meeting diploma requirements, whereas you're not necessarily meeting the standards in that way. Um, but you've done it for that, that, that amount of time, is the time the most important was to learn? I'm going down a rabbit hole that I probably, none of you want to hear. Um, and I know none of you want to hear it because that's not what this podcast is about. It's not about effective grading and assessment practices. It's about uh, testimony and public hearings. So, anywho, this LD253, an act to add health and physical education requirements for high school standards, had a, had, a, had a good amount, you know, upwards of like 25, 30-ish uh, pieces of testimony as well. Very interesting reading, but I'll spare you the testimony. If you see from like an individual organization that's not one of the ed orgs, they're all saying, yes, do this. If you're seeing one of the ed orgs testimony, they're saying, hold on, we already do. And this will have a significant impact on our schools. Um, plus, are you gonna, if, if you do this, are you going to fund it? Also, if you do this, there's a certain amount of time in the day. And if you're now doing two years, two years requirement, and schools already have a year and a half, that means students are going to have to take another half of a year requirement in something that they don't already have to, which will then limit their opportunities for electives, or for CTE, potentially, courses. So there's a lot of ripples that, whereas well-intentioned, there are things that need to be considered beyond just the, yeah, we agree with this. The science says we should be doing this. Yeah. And we have some other challenges along with it. The final bill for that particular day, February 9th, 2023, was LD257, an act to provide a later start time for high schools. One of the people who came in in, in support um, was a person from the Maine Council of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry and a wonderful evidence-based uh, piece of testimony that said why, they sh why we should be, why we should be doing this, why this should be. The 
some folks from the Maine State Legislature came out in support of it. And we're like, yeah, we should be doing this. I, I, this is a great idea. We should be... How can I say this? Individuals, once again, came out of the, came out of the woodworks here to think, yes, we should be doing this. Maine Medical Association, etc. Well, what did the Maine Principals Association have to say? Neither for nor against. Why? They support the research... That starts for that, that clearly states for a later hard time in high schools benefit students. And there are high schools in Maine that have the ability to shift to a later start time. That is working for them, but that's not the case for all schools. Offering a later start to the school day will be extremely difficult for scheduling and busing in some schools, as kids are already on buses for over an hour. High schools who share a CTE center or region have to have a similar calendar already, or else the students who have to travel different distances will miss classes. Having these students who have to travel and attend a period of school prior to leaving on the bus has also helped with dropout prevention for the sending schools. So, main school principals did the, if you listened a couple episodes ago, where I, you know, I laid out the secret for um, winning any, any argument, the, the yeah, but still, they're like, yeah, we, we agree with this, so we hopefully they do, but local control. There it is. They should. This is up to the local districts. Maine School Management Association in opposition. Uh, quote, school board members and superintendents oppose this bill not because they disagree with the benefits of having well-rested students, but because under our current system, this would create a ripple effect on everything from bus runs to after-school activities, including sports and after-school jobs. Called it. Sports, there it is. To have a state mandate, 8.30 a.m. start time takes away local control and does not acknowledge what is currently happening in many schools. Changing start times would also impact school schedules that align with extended learning opportunities like dual enrollment programs as well as coordinating with career and technical education. And this change would cost money. How are they going to fund it? Main Curriculum Leaders Association. Opposition. We, as educators, we all have an understanding of the importance of getting enough sleep, especially the CDC's recommendation that teenagers aged 13 to 18 should regularly sleep 8 to 10 hours per day for good health. Absolutely, as a parent of a teenager, I wish they would sleep more. However, in a poll of MCLA members, many districts have researched a later start time for their high schools, but the barriers were insurmountable. Some roadblocks for districts are transportation, the hardship on some families, regional CTE programming, and student commitments. Of the number of districts, member districts responding to our survey, one-third of the districts currently start their high school at 8 o'clock or later. We believe that the school schedule, which includes local start and end times, should continue to be a matter for, wait for it, each district school board to decide. Local control allows districts to accommodate the needs of their families and communities based on the unique requirements of their region. So once again... The local control statute, expectation, rule, that's part of Maine, an integral part of Maine, a foundational part of Maine education and the way Maine is done, comes into play as to why the bill shouldn't be. People out coming out of the woodwork saying, yes, we should do this. And the ed orgs, saying, yeah, 
We're, we don't disagree with you that we should do it. We're just saying that we probably can't because of these expectations. For it to be put into statute to do this might actually be a violation of our Constitution. Might actually be a violation of our own laws. So, can't. Sorry. And that's just a fact. That was the day. It was... <laughs> You know, a bunch of kids getting up and saying, yay, we want this. And a bunch of educational organizations saying, we want you to have it, but not from here. This is not the right place for that. It would be like going into a Hannaford and saying, a bunch of kids going, we want a water slide here. And the Hannaford folks saying, great, we love water slides for you, but we can't do it here. We understand the science and the evidence that supports having a water slide and the effects that it would have on your social, emotional, and mental health. However, a water slide in a grocery store would negatively impact the way that this grocery store could operate and, in fact, goes against the charter of this grocery store. I will bet you that none of you listening to this podcast today envisioned, when you, when you started or are ending your day, whenever you're listening to this, at no time during this day did you envision a water slide in a Hannaford. And for that, I say you're welcome. Well, that's it for the February 9th public hearing. I, it was an interesting, fascinating day looking at that real split of we should do this and... Yeah, but, or yes, and, if you're an improv fan, um, fascinating stuff. Uh, when, as, of, as I said it earlier, as I'm recording it today, on, uh, as I'm recording it, work session has not been scheduled, but when it does, you know what to do. Keep following us here, listening to us, downloading, subscribing. Thank you so much for doing so. Also, our spreadsheet that'll be pinned in the show notes and is pinned on our social media profiles, etc. That's the place to go. Bookmark that so you have easy access to be with the most up most up to date happenings of the Education and Cultural Affairs Committee. Thank you again so very much for listening. My name is Matt Jurette Card, and we appreciate you and talk to you next time.